All right, guys, welcome to a new episode, Way More Customers. Today on this episode, I have uh, a gym owner. Uh, he's been an owner for a while now, and he has a lot of experience, and uh, he works out a lot, and I'm really excited to talk to him and get a lot of knowledge. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, man. I've definitely uh, been excited the last few days, looking forward to this, and, and I mean, any any chance you get to reach out to other like-minded people that are on the same mission, same journey, man. It's always exciting. So thank you for reaching out, man, and making it happen. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. So um, let's start off with your, your morning. How did your morning start today? Oh, actually, man, it's Saturday, dude, so I, it was pretty chill. So I actually, uh, this week has been pretty exhausting, man, with, uh, you know, we're, we're shut down right now due to the coronavirus. Uh, quarantine and things like that. So yeah. this has been a very, very different kind of week. So today uh, I actually, you know, got a chance to sleep in, which is to nine o'clock, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but got a chance to sleep in, man, and and woke up, man, a cup of coffee and just been hanging out, just kind of reflecting a little bit and, and just enjoying the Saturday, man, trying to keep it as normal as possible yeah. in a time that's not so normal at all. Right. You know, you have like gyms are closed. There's no, no one's watching sports or restaurants. You can't go out anymore. Um, just the essentials, right? Like grocery and like um, hospitals. Those, those are the only two things that are open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah. So currently like, uh, you know, before the shutdown, how many gyms were you operating? Well, right now we have three locations. Uh, okay. there, we have three, three phase one sports locations. We have two here in Las Vegas, okay. uh, one out in Hawaii, which is awesome. Um, and so, you know, this has been a journey for me for the last 16 years. You know, something I started from just wanting to work with athletes, man, and just wanting to give back to the community, wanting to be a mentor, be a big brother to athletes, man. And, and, uh, and here I am 16 years later, man, with multiple locations and, and uh, actually, I figured out a way to turn it into a business, you know, that's thriving, that's, you know, generating revenue, that's, you know, helping a lot of people, man. And it's, it's been a great journey, man. I, I feel like we're still in the beginning stages. That's awesome. Uh, three locations and one's even in Hawaii. That's pretty far away. Where are you currently? Uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm Las, in Las Vegas. Vegas. Okay. Yep. Uh, is this the, the one you started, like you started off with the one in Las Vegas first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my journey uh, from the beginning was was pretty unique. So I I played football at UNLV. That's how I got to Las Vegas. Okay. So I came out of Southern California, played football at UNLV. When I got done playing, I just started thinking about how many young athletes uh, that could have gotten a scholarship, could have played college sports, but they didn't have the guidance, they didn't have the mentor, they didn't have people you know, saying, hey, no, you need to take this class or you need to do this. You know, so basically I, I set out to help those athletes, man. So I started training in the parks, the fields, you know, jumping fences if the gate was locked and holding workouts on football fields and, and just doing it just out of love and passion, man. And, uh, and, and throughout that process, man, I, I just really felt the, the vision and, and, the, and the, the spiritual side to say, man, you could do this for a living. And so that's when I set out basically to, to start a business with no experience, no background, no money, and just started the business, man, and, and, and have been, you know, fortunate enough to make it this far and, and continue, to, continue to grow. Okay, so let's talk about that. So when you were, uh, you were playing in university? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, at uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas here, UNLV. 
What, what, what was your position? I played running back. Okay. And so, like, obviously, you were getting training. You were get, you had coaches that would train you and stuff. And, um, like, uh, like, were you really gonna cons- like, did you plan on going into, like, a professional league or you wanted to just stay at university and then you decided no, to? No, I mean, I think every athlete has the vision of, of playing professional sports. I think that's been, you know, something that we start with at seven, eight years old. Uh, yeah. But for me, by the time I finished at, at UNLV, by the time I finished college, I knew I wasn't in a position to go to the pros. You know, <laughs> you know, undersized, I'm, I'm five seven on a good day. Uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, 180 pounds coming out of, out of college. So I just knew I, I, the NFL wasn't really the next step for me. Okay. But luckily, I kind of was okay with that. You know, I gave it everything I had. I was always the guy that worked extra hard, you know, competed every day. So when it was over, you kind of have that feeling like I've done everything I could do here. And so at that point, that's where I started thinking about, you know, wanting to stay connected to sports. And that's when basically we started phase one sports and, and I started working with young athletes and, and just kind of been moving ever since. How did you transition? Like, like when you finished university, how did you transition? Like, Hey, I'm going to open up a gym now and help other people. Well, well, it started out. Um, it started out very simple. It started out with, you know, I want to help kids get scholarships. That was that was the base of Phase One Sports. Okay. Um, so at that time, I started, you know, helping athletes with recruiting, helping them send information out to colleges, uh, and then it kind of transitioned to like, hey, I got to help these young athletes get ready physically. You know, so we started training, you know, speed training, agility, footwork, things like that. Uh, and then a couple years into that, you know, I decided that okay, now I need to turn it into a business. And that was a a learning experience in itself. Uh, I actually had a friend of mine give me a lady's number who was um, a director at the SBA, the Small Business Association. Um, So I went in and I met with this lady. Her name is Anna Seifert. I met with her and I told her, hey, I'm I'm, I'm starting a business. This is what I do. I help athletes. And she's like, where's your business plan? I'm like, "Uh, my what? My, uh, I don't have a business plan. And she's like, what do you mean you don't have a business plan? And, and that conversation really showed my lack of experience and lack of knowledge. And so I knew right then, in order to be successful, I had to learn as much as I could about business. And so that's really where it all started. And it took another year and a half before I moved into my first location. So um, before moving to the location, you were just like uh, training people like what, like on, on like outside? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. The parks, you know, schools, uh, you know, meet me at this park Saturday morning at eight o'clock. <laughs> you know, we go out there, we work out. And, okay. and uh, I remember one time we were out at the park and uh, I got up to where I had maybe like 20, 25 athletes out there. And I'm like, wow, man, it's starting to really grow. And I had the, the little park police come up and ask me for my permit and my insurance and all that. And I'm like, uh, I don't have a permit. <laughs> I don't have any insurance. I didn't have anything, you know, and, and he actually kicked us off the park, out of the park that day. Okay. Um, and, and I learned, you know, like, that's where I learned, like, the potential is there. The athletes are there. You know, my passion was there. But now I have to really invest a lot of time in learning business. And I think that's where a lot of, fitness people or a lot of gym owners fail is because we're passionate about the training, the fitness, the nutrition, the results, but we don't have 
that equal amount of passion when it comes to business. And that's where it goes wrong. Right. So um, that's actually funny because um, I didn't know that you're not allowed to like pra- help, like uh, train people in the park without permits and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know it was that serious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you, once you grow and, and once I think the way they look at it is if it's, if it's like a free thing that you're doing to where you're just kind of a group of people, you're out helping people with, with health, it's fine. Yeah. But when you got 25 athletes, and you know, you're charging whatever, I think I was charging like 10, 15 bucks a workout. You know, you got a clipboard, spreadsheet, you're checking off payments, you know, you're running a business now out of the park. Okay. And I think that's becomes frowned upon in most cities. So, okay, yeah, okay that makes sense. So, great experience. So I wanna go just back to what you mentioned. It's like, uh, you wanted to help people with sponsorships, uh, these athletes with sponsorships. Why is that like something that you want to focus on initially? Is that something that you maybe had troubles with or, or like what was the reason you focused on that? Yeah, so, so for me it was focusing on, on scholarships. Scholarships, yeah. Yeah, yeah scholarships. Scholarships. So, so And the reason being, well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, when I was in high school coming out, I, I, I hated school. You know, I, I didn't like school at all. Um, you know, but I loved football. You know, I love to play football. I wanted to play. So even after my senior year of high school, um, what happened for me is I actually had a couple, I had two scholarship offers and I couldn't accept either one because I didn't qualify academically. So by not having the right grades and the right score on the SAT, you know, that put me in a position where after my senior year, I had nothing. No, I, I could not go off to college, could not receive a scholarship. So I actually you know, just after my senior year, I just stopped everything. I stopped football. I basically spent a year doing nothing. Uh, And then about a year later, I I really started to miss, you know, sports. I missed football because I've been playing for so long, you know, from seven, eight years old up to 17 now, and now it was gone. And so I had a love for football. So I reached out to my coach. My coach is like, hey, you have to go to a junior college. You go there for two years and you transfer to a university. And even, even then, it wasn't about college for me. I never was one of those young guys that was like, oh, I can't wait to go to college. You know what I mean? I just want to play football. If I just, you know, be 100% honest, it was about football, period. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Okay. Uh, so, so I went to junior college for two years, got my AA degree, and then I was able to transfer to UNLV for another two years. And throughout that process, all I, all I could think about is, like, people that I knew, friends that I grew up with, that were even more talented than I was, but yet they never made it out of high school. They never had the opportunity to go to college. They never had the opportunity to play at the next level. And when I got to my university, I'm like, man, I know people in my neighborhood that were better than most of the people on my team. You know, so it was just a weird conflict of like, man, if if so-and-so could have made it here, they would have been great. They would have been a superstar, but they didn't. And so, by the time I finished at UNLV, I started thinking about how many young athletes, and, and for me, a lot of young African-American athletes that love sports, but they don't understand how far it could take them. You know, for me, it took me all the way to the Division One level, took me all the way to a university. I got to see different experiences. I got to travel all around the country, flying with our team. I got to meet different families. You know, his dad's a doctor, his dad's a lawyer. Like, I just, I got exposed to so much. And then when I would go home, back to California, my friends are still standing in the same place, same clothes, 
doing absolutely nothing. Some of them by that time had already gotten in trouble. One of my closest friends was already in jail serving a 19 year sentence. I mean, it was just, so it was like a weird, like college experience, fun, parties, girls. And then I would go home and it was like nothing. And so I knew right then, like, I got to do something to change that. And I got to be able to help young athletes and just use their love for sports to just pull them through, get them to the next level. And by the time they get to college, they'll realize it was never about sports. It was about giving them a different perspective and a different mindset to get them to the next level, which is where I was at that time. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so um, let, let's talk about like how you got your first client. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, clients. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was fun. So, so the good thing is when I finished playing football, of course, you know, I had a lot of connections and people that I knew. Um, I had a job. I was working as, um, you guys, it'll sound familiar because you've experienced it. I was working at a mall uh, selling cell phones in the in the kiosk, you know, the middle of the mall. You know, when you walk by, they got to grab you. Remember back in the day, it was like over-aggressive, like, hey, you need a cell phone, you need a cell phone. Um, so I was working at the mall, and, and, and what I would do, any athletes that walk by, instead of talking to them about a phone, I would talk to them about phase one and about training and about how I played football at UNLV and how I could help them get a scholarship. And basically, that job became like my marketing tool uh, to build my business. And so if you think about it, I'm, you know, 24, 25 years old, I'm standing in the middle of a mall and there's people in and out of the mall, families. So anybody that resembled an athlete, you know, I would just start a conversation about <laughs> sports. Where do you play at? Where do you go? Yeah, you play at that school, man. Cool, man. I played at UNLV. Hey, here's my phase one card. Hey, I'm, I'm training this Saturday out at the park at this location. Oh, man, come check it out. And so it became like a crazy marketing tool for me. Um, and, and reality is that year, I spent about a year, year and a half working at that mall. And that year, year and a half really was a, a great, you know, bounding point to get me to really get my business off the ground uh, because I used basically that time to, to start phase one sports right at that kiosk in the middle of the Boulevard mall right here in Las Vegas. Okay. And in that location, there was like a lot of athletes that were, you know, uh, going to that mall. Yeah. Well, it was just, it was Boulevard mall in Vegas at that time. It's just kind of the popular mall for young people. Okay. You know, it was where like kids went to get the, the new Jordans and, you know, it was just that place. Okay. And, so, and then of course, when you're standing in the middle of it, you know, I'm not even in a store. I'm in the middle. So, I mean, I would see families walk by and I'm like, I know they got to come back this way because they parked over here. <laughs> you know, so, so it became just, and, and what I would do, I mean, it got so crazy that I remember one time one of my managers walked up, uh, one of my bosses came up and I was on my, uh, on the computer and I was drawing and designing my first website for phase one sports okay. at, at the kiosk when I'm supposed to be selling phones. <laughs> And he looks at me and he's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, I'm working on my website, man. What do you think? I'm thinking about putting the logo right here. And I just kind of go all in. And he's like, Mike, okay, the only reason I'm not going to fire you is because right now you are the number one salesperson on your team. But I can't have you building your business on my, on my hours. And I'm like, okay. 
I'll, I'll see what I can do. But at that point, I knew I, I had to work to make enough money to be able to leave that job. And that way I could focus on, on my business full time. And that's what I did. It took about another six or seven months. And then once I felt like I had enough revenue to match what I was making, I basically quit the job, man. And that was my last actual job. That was 16 years and about five months ago. Wow. <laughs> so um, when you said you, you, you had to make this amount of money to be able to decide for yourself to actually make the leap, at that time, what was, what was like the, your, your target? What, what did you have to get to be able to say like, okay, it's enough for me now to move on and get to uh, be on my own? Yeah, yeah. And at that time, I, I don't remember the exact number, but I would tell you it was probably roughly around $2,000. Okay. Because, because here's the benefit to, you know, starting a business young. So for any young entrepreneurs out there, man, this is the time. And, and the reason I say that, because at 25 years old, I didn't have a lot of responsibilities, you know, no wife, kids, you know, at, at a, I was staying in a five bedroom house with, with four roommates, you know what I mean? The rent was, I don't know, 450 bucks back then, you know? So, so all I did was I took all my expenses. I took my rent, you know, the cable, the utilities, my cell phone, my, you know, everything that I needed, what I needed, you know, as far as food, I took it all. And basically I looked at, okay, what's that number? And just say, for example, that number is $2,000 a month. If that number is $2,000 a month, then I said that is my first target because I understood that if I could make $2,000 a month part-time running my business and that then I can quit the other business or the other job, now I have all day to do it. So I have to be able to make $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 and keep moving forward because now I can dedicate all my time instead of sitting at my job for eight hours. But I was smart enough to wait until the revenue got to that point instead of just quitting and hoping for the best. You know, I had, I had a, it was a very strategic plan. It was simple, but it was a plan. How much do I need to live? Cool. When I hit that number, that's my first sign that it's time to jump and learn how to fly. And when you actually got like that target, were you scared? Because you said you had no experience in business. You had no coaching who were coaching you about business. Like, how did you actually like push yourself to like, okay, I'm doing this now? Well, I, I looked at it very simple. And, and I was, you know, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say scared, but here's how I looked at it. I looked at it very simple. If I fail, I'd rather fail right now. I'd rather fail at 25 years old. I have nothing anyway. What am I going to lose? What are you going to take? Are you going to take my 1987 Mustang away? <laughs> like, like, what am I losing exactly? And, and that's honestly how I looked at it. I, I was super passionate about it. I, I, it was like I couldn't sleep. Like all I wanted to do was work and build, build a business and help athletes. So I knew I had the passion. I knew I had the drive. And then by then, I also knew that I had to learn a lot about business. So I was already studying business. I was learning about LLCs and S-Corps and all this different stuff, taxes. And, you know, so I was already like vested in the project. And so I knew that if I'm going to, if I'm ever going to take a chance, it has to be right now. And I did it. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about like, you know, how you're, you're, you're very good in like, uh, you know, performance and uh, training athletes and training yourself. So a lot of times business owners, you know, because most of us that start, we're not actually specialized in, in business and we don't really, uh, all things, you know, all and sometimes it can get boring because of the feedback you get it's, it's not good right? you can try something and you fail um, how, did you, how did you try to connect, uh, correct that for yourself and say even though you're not good you still kept pushing and learning 
uh, it was breaking up a little bit at the end. Give it to me one more time. Yeah, so I'm saying is like, you know, uh, as athletes, you know, you're really good at um, training and, you know, uh, getting yourself to uh, physically to do stuff that you didn't think you were able to do. But when it comes to business, um, you know, you don't have that background. You know, you're, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. It's something new. How did you push yourself and, and say that you're going to actually uh, keep doing it, even though you're not good at it and even though you so many times? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and here's how I looked at it in the beginning. You know, I started looking at a couple different things. I started looking at trainers that I knew or trainers that I've met over the years. And I started looking and I'm like, okay, this person is a very good trainer. They're good at what they do. They're getting results. But why is it they've been doing this so long and they haven't been able to really cross over and make it a successful business? You know, why are they still client to client? Uh, why are they still, you know, struggling with revenue? Why don't they have their own location yet? Um, you know, I started looking at these kind of things and then I looked at my experience. Like when I went into Anna's, Anna's office and she asked for my business plan and I didn't have one, you know, so that means I didn't take time to, to do market analysis and competitive research, you know, so I, I, I knew right then, okay, something's missing. And, and when I looked at that, I knew early, which I was, I was blessed enough to know early that the difference between winning and losing was, go, was not going to be results, training, nutrition, motivating athletes. I knew that. I knew it was going to be business. Would I be able to learn enough about business to be successful in the long run? Would I, would I learn enough about creating a structure? You know, I know once I have a facility, I'm going to want more trainers to work with me or work for phase one. You know, learning those kind of things, I think, is really what the difference was for me. But I, I really and I can say today or even not even just today, but the last, you know, five, 10 years, I probably invested more energy and more time into learning about business than I have about fitness or about training or about speed and agility quickness and things for athletes because I've known that was the gap. I tell people all the time, I know trainers personally that are way better trainers than I ever were, but they haven't figured out the business. And that's why those trainers, I, I mean, I've seen probably at least 10, 15 gyms open and close, you know, in the same time that I've been open for 16 years, I've seen them come. They're excited. They got the facility. It's all beautiful. It's all brand new. We're cutting the ribbon, grand opening. And a year later, two years later, they're calling saying, hey, man, I got some equipment. If you want to come take a look at it, and I'll sell it to you for, you know, 25 cents on a dollar, you know, because and, and it's sad to see it. But I know in reality, the biggest difference is I invest so much time, even to this day, on learning business and business structure. And that, to me, is the biggest difference. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, going back to, you know, what I mentioned, um, I said that because you're so good at like, you know, training and, you know, getting your body to do a lot of amazing things that, you know, that's what you're specialized in. Right. But the, the component about business, like it's, it's not good at it. It's something new. How do you motivate yourself to actually like study it, learn it when, when, it, when you're not good at it? Like, how did you know that that was a gap and that's what you had to do, you know, to learn more of it? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the first thing is you just hit it on the head. The first thing is recognizing it. You have to recognize that, like, that's your weakness. You know, you have to. And, and, and the hard part is 
most of the time when we're starting out, we don't have the resources to be able to go hire a business manager or a facility manager and all these different positions like Lifetime Fitness. You know, they have a regional manager, a this manager. We don't have that. You know, so one, the first thing is recognizing that that is the weakness. The second part is this. This was my mindset. My mindset was I want to expand. I, I don't want to be limited to only being able to help the amount of athletes that I could help physically on my own. You know what I mean? So I knew once you, I mean, every trainer out there, once you get to 20, 25 clients, you're capped. You're done. Your day's done. Like there is no more room. You got a waiting list or you try to keep going. And now you end up, you know, giving a less quality product. You know, you're burnt. You've got to worry about burning out, you know, which I, I see a lot of trainers go through that where they just burn out over the years. You know, and, and a lot of that comes from not focusing on the business and ways to expand and continue to grow and you put everything on your back. So I think for me, I knew early, I wanted to help more athletes. I yeah. wanted to have hundreds of athletes in my program. I wanted to be able to work with athletes all over the, all over the country for that matter. You know, and so once you have that vision, now you can become more passionate about the business side of it learning structure, figuring out payroll, figuring out the best contracts to work with different trainers. You know, you can invest that energy once you make your mind up that I need to expand. Now, don't get me wrong. I know trainers that to this day have been doing it longer than I have and they're comfortable with where they're at. You know what I mean? They're like, I'm good. I got this many clients. I make this much money. I get to go home at, you know, six o'clock every night and it's over. And I respect that if that's their decision. But then I know other trainers that are like, man, I'm exhausted. I need more. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. But they're not willing to invest the time. And so to me, that's the balance. I, I, I'm telling you, man, I, I was, when I saw the vision early, and, and now what's crazy, now I'm just as passionate about business as I am about the training side now. And I never would have thought that when I was 25, 26, 27 years old. I used to hate reading all that stuff that's confusing as heck about different taxes and okay well why is this a write-off but that's not a write-off but what does a write-off even mean but like but wait okay so how much taxes do I have to pay <laughs> like it was it was confusing but I knew in the bigger picture I had to learn it and now dude I'll sit in my downtime and I'm watching more business development than I am training and and fitness and nutrition and all the other categories that we all we already know and we're already experienced that yeah, so that's an amazing shift. So uh, I want to ask uh, your your tar first target was two thousand dollars, you know, a month approximately. What was your your like your like dream goal at that time? What did you want to hit? What was the target that would have made you know you happy and you know uh, you really excited? Uh, I mean, at that time, man, I was uh, my first original goal was for my business to hit a hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. That that's what that's what my original goal was. Uh, and it took a long time. <laughs> it took a long time to get to that goal. Um, and, and reality is, I don't even know why that was the goal. I think it's just a number that sounds super cool. And, 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 and you know, and you would always hear business owners like, yeah, we grossed 100000 last year. And you're like, oh, <laughs> you get all excited, especially back in, you got to think this was what, 2006, 2007, somewhere in there. So, I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I – I kind of wish I, I would have spent more energy maybe setting like financial goals early on, yeah. you know what I mean? like we do now. But 
at that time, man, it was really just more about athletes and how many people I could help and, and how many people I can, you know, be a add value to and, and how do I keep getting better at what I'm doing. And that's really where I spent that most of the energy, especially the first five years, mm-hmm. was just really perfecting the model and being able to keep adding value and, and become that guy that people trusted and they and they, you know, I mean, and, and, I, and I'm getting the result of that now, even though that was, you know, 10 years ago. Now I'm getting, you know, athletes that I worked with in 2007, they're walking their kids in there. They're like, hey, man, this is my son. He's eight. He's ready to get started. I'm like, wow. I'm like, you got a son that's eight. I trained you when you were eight, 16, 17, 18. And it's like, it's a weird, you know, it's a weird thing of, of just good karma and good energy coming back because those first years, it was just about passion and love for what I was doing. And, and here's the thing, too. When you first start, that passion is really what drives you because it's not going to be the money. You know what I mean? It's actually, in a lot of cases, it's the opposite. A lot of cases, you're losing money. You're investing money back into your business. You know, a lot in that first year, a lot of the, the, the money that I got from working, I used that to, to build my website. I used that to get business cards. I used that to do everything that we needed to do. So in the beginning, it can't be about money and that kind of thing. Yes, you want a long-term goal. But in the beginning, it's got to be something that you're passionate about, that you believe in, that serves a purpose, and that's what's going to get you up every morning. Whether you got zero in the bank or two million in the bank, that's what's going to wake you up is, are you still passionate about it? So that's really the starting point. That's a really great point you made. Um, so uh, currently, um, you, know, you, you said your target was like $100,000. Is that something that you're achieving right now for money locations? You said, is that something that now? Is that, some, is that a target that you're able to achieve from one of your locations now, like uh, consistently? No, every, every yeah, each, each one of them do, does over that, yeah, pretty comfortably. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 they go over that pretty pretty quickly now. <laughs> 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 better now, 16 years later, they better. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, they, um, yeah, each one of them does pretty well. Okay. Our, um, our bigger location, uh, that's the one that's been running the longest. Uh, I mean, we've moved from, so the one that we have, the, our largest one now is, is uh, just under 20,000 square feet. And that one, that was the original one. So when I first started, the first facility that we moved into was about 2,500 square feet. Then about a year and a half later, we moved into one that was about 4,000 square feet. Then a year and a half, actually two years later, we moved into one that was eight or 9,000 square feet. And then three years ago, we moved that one into the current one, which is right at 20,000 square feet. So, so that's our larger one. That one has uh, cryotherapy, physical therapy, um, performance. we got indoor turf. I mean, basketball court. I mean, that one has everything. So that one does, you know, well over 100,000 uh, gross revenue a year. And then our second, the second one that was up and running is the Hawaii location. And that one, um, they moved to a couple locations since, but uh, they're doing very well. So they're doing they're doing uh, good financially as well there. And then about a year and a half ago, we opened the second one here in Vegas. And now that one is uh, actually before we got shut down last week was actually having its. Um, we were trending basically our best month since we've been open was the previous month, and we were trending to have a better month in March when we had to shut down. So. So okay. we're trying to get back, get back going on that one and uh, not lose that momentum that it took a year and a half to build. <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, so everything, you know, still, still, I, I would say we're operating at, um, and when I say this, people are like, yeah, right, because they see everything we've done. I think, I honestly feel like we're about 60%. We're operating at about 60% of what we could be doing. And okay. so now the pressure is on for me to focus on the more of the business structure and getting tighter systems. You know, right now our systems, you know, aren't as tight as they should be. And then we're also not maximizing each revenue stream like we could be. Everything's not working really like smoothly as it, as it could be. Everything mm -hmm. right now is kind of individual pieces that I've brought together. So that's been my big business challenge uh, this year is saying, hey, how can I get this to flow as one big, you know, one river just kind of flowing instead of a bunch of kind of scattered pieces. So that's the, the fun I'm having on the business side right now. Okay, yeah, that's good. So you give us a really good image of how you're doing currently. So uh, two things. I want to know, like, how many athletes do you currently have, like, as members from, like, each location? And what's your goal, like, maybe in the next five years and ten years? Um, so I would say our, our, main, our bigger location, we're probably about just under 200 athletes, pretty close to it. Uh, okay. Our second location here in Vegas, I think we just crossed 100 or we're right at 100. Um, and then in Hawaii, we're just over 100 as well. I would say right about 120-ish. Uh, those are just kind of off the top of my head numbers. Um, yeah. And then for me right now, the, the growth plan is not really external right now. It's more internal. Uh, it's more mm -hmm. along the lines of what we just talked about is getting everything to flow a little bit better uh, internally. Um, our second location here in Vegas we're working on adding like a recovery room, you know, with all the Normatec and the cryo and all the, you know, recovery features and that be an attachment to the training and everything else that we're doing, you know? So there's like pieces that we're putting together that I think between now and the end of 2020, if I can get those together now going into 21, I can start thinking about more expansion. Okay. Are we ready for another location? Is there another area that we can, create the same model and be successful in, you know, in California or in a different area. So that'll be kind of the 21, but okay. right now really in the perfect, the model stage, if that makes sense. Okay. So how many um, uh, team members do you have currently? Um, just at our big location, I want to say there's about 13, 14 of us, maybe. Okay. And then, um, uh, each of the other locations have about five or six. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so what do you guys focus on when you're training, like, you know, these younger athletes? Um, the biggest thing, man, with young athletes, and I, and I tell all my trainers and, and people that have worked with me know, you know, I'm big on the mental. You know, I'm big on the mental training of it. You know, I use the physical training basically to get into your mind. You know, so, so we are very aggressive in our training. Uh, we train our, our young athletes. I mean, we push them to the limit, literally. Um, you know, once a week we have – i give you an example. Once a week, we have our warrior workout. Warrior workout is designed to make them quit. And the reason it's designed to make them quit because I want to see if they're going to quit. You know what I mean? I want to, and they understand that. They know that is the goal. This is designed. How are you going to respond uh, when you're under pressure, when, when you feel like you can't finish, and your brain starts playing tricks on you and telling you, man, we can't do it. We can't finish this. You have a decision to make. Because my thing is every trainer can – work on your speed. Every trainer can get you stronger. I can give you some supplements and help your bench press go up. That's easy. But what could I do right here? How strong can I get your mind 
between now and the time you go back to your season or whatever it is you compete at. I want you to walk on that field or that court or on that track and look around and know that nobody can beat you. They can't. They have not worked as hard as you. They have not almost died in that gym multiple <laughs> times. They just haven't. So they just can't do it. And, and you have that mindset. And so that's really where, where we hang our hat, man, is, you know, yeah, we do all the, all the conditioning, all the training protocols and principles. But at the end of the day, man, it's about the mental part of it. And, and that's what we try to develop at phase one. And that's really our model across the board. Okay. So when you say you, you, you try to push people to their limit, is like is it is it like you try to bring them to a certain pain where they feel like the pain is a lot and then you, you try to get them to push through that pain? Exactly. Yep. Because you gotta think about it. Every time every time that you get to a point where you feel like, man, I can't I can't finish this and then you finish it, it raises that bar higher. And look what it does to your confidence. You know what I mean? If if you think about it, it's all the same. So if I finish it, now my, when I get done, my confidence is at level 10. Because guess what? I just finished something that even I thought I could. So now when it's time for a battle or the game is on the line or, or you're in a match and it's at the end and they're tired, they're tired, you're tired, you're like, I've been here before. I know what this feels like. And when you know what it feels like and you've been there, it's, it, that person is very, very hard to beat. You know what I mean? That's that, that's that mama mentality. That person is hard to beat when they look at you and, and, and look you in your eye and, you, and they think, I'm going to beat you. And, and if you can't match that, you automatically go, yeah, you probably are going to beat me. <laughs> and, and that's part of the deal. But that's preparation. You know, even when you, like, like I just said, the mama mentality, that was, that was Kobe's hours and hours and hours of investing time in developing that that wasn't just he didn't show up at the laker game like hey i'm ready no dude that was hours so when he walked out there he knew what was going to happen because he's already invested it and that's what we try to teach our athletes early okay can you can you go over like an example of how you help like maybe one younger athlete like push him to uh, to uh, to pass his limit yeah so one of my uh, track athletes, actually, right now in this moment, he um, he he came in. He's a uh, what is he? A junior right now? No, senior, senior. So he's a senior uh, track athlete, very competitive, very high level track kid. Uh, came into our facility in great shape. I mean, looked good, physically looks good. He's lean. I mean, just a good looking kid. You kind of look and go, man, he, he's he's there. Um, last year, I want to say he was top ten, uh, top ten in a couple different events. Uh, he came in, of course, you know, dad and him, they're like, you know, we do this, we do that, we do this, we do that, and, you know, all the different training stuff. And you can see it. The kid looks great. So we put him in the program. Uh, actually, I had a chance to train him personally for the first couple months. So we're training, and, and I am pushing him like he's never been pushed before because he's, he's a very high-level athlete. So a lot of things are easy to him. So my job was to really push, and my job early on was to break him because I needed to break him because I needed to show him that there's still so much left for him. Because when you get to that high level, you think like, man, I'm already here. And then you yeah. look around and you're like, I'm already killing everybody and everything that we do. So now it's the trainer's job to, to bring that person and break them to that point to rebuild them. So he went through it and he gave me everything he got. I mean, it was, I want to say the first, I mean, he had workouts where he'd have to go to the bathroom and throw up and come back. I mean, the whole thing, you know, but he's a hardworking kid. Kept coming back, kept coming back. 
that same kid literally right now just broke his school record in the triple jump a couple weeks ago. I mean, literally broke the record. So went from a good high level competitive athlete to now shattered that record. Now he's like top two, top three in three or four different events. And that was like the first two weeks of track season before we had to shut everything down last week. But mm -hmm. if you look at it, how does a kid come in at that level already? Because usually when you get to that kind of peak level, it's hard to get to that next area. It takes a different mindset. And so that's what we were able to do. So that's, that would be a good example of how we, you know, took someone that was already there. Yeah. That thought, hey, man, I'm at the peak of this, man. I'm one of the best in the state. That's good. I'm going to make you the best in the state, not one of. You will be the best. And, and that's where we're at right now. <laughs> we're their best in the state. <laughs> so what was the exercise that you, you made him do that made him want to throw up? Well, it's, it's never really an exercise. It's really programming. You okay. know, it's usually never like one thing. Uh, but we do a lot of dynamic work, a lot of explosive work. You know, we okay. got chains, bands and, you know, plyos and all kind of stuff. So it's usually more of a, a series of, you know, two or three exercises or depending on what the goal is for that training program. And don't get me wrong, every time they walk in is not to kill them. There's different strategy on it. We got explosive days. We got conditioning days. We got dynamic effort days, you know, and then we got warrior workout, you know, so there's different days that are geared to kind of give them that whole scope of training, you know, so I would say it wasn't any one thing. It was just more one, his effort, because he's a kid that gives you everything. And that, and that's another sign. It's just like anything else, just like in business, you're always going to get out what you put in. There's some athletes that won't allow you to push them that far because they'll pull back. You know what I mean? Instead of trying to really kill that last sprint, they'll just jog because they're at the point where they're like, I, I can't. And that's something you got to work through. Like, no, dude, come on. You jog. You didn't finish that. No, I did finish it. I jogged down and back. No, I needed a sprint. You got to do it again. <laughs> but, but then they realize, like, I should have just sprint the first time. Yes, yes, it would have been hard. But like I tell them, it's going to be hard even when you jog. It didn't make you feel any better. We got done with the workout. You still were gassed. You still were tired. You still laid out. So why not get everything out of it? Just like anything else, just like in business. You're going to invest all your time, all your energy. Why not go 100%? You're going to be exhausted anyway. Your family's going to say all you do is work. You're going to get all the stuff that comes with it. But if you're not going 100, you're not going to get the result. What was the point? I want right. the result. I got to have the result at the end. Right. And thank you for clarifying that. Um, I want to go over, like, uh, I was reading one of your, your posts on Instagram, and you were talking about, like, leadership strategies, and you were you talked about resp taking responsibility. Uh, you talked about sharing your vision, and then you were talking about discussing your goals. I wanted to go over the part where you share your vision. Like, how, how do you do that? Yeah, that, that's very important, man. And, and it's something that I've learned even more recently. Uh, it's even more important than I originally thought. And, and here's why. When you have a team, you know, when you start to get to the point where you're growing and you want a team around you, whether it's trainers, whether it's front desk, whether it's business partners, whatever it may be, you, you're the one that has been given this vision. Like, even, even for what you're doing right now, this is your vision. You know what I mean? You saw yourself having these conversations with different people, different entrepreneurs and fitness industry. You saw it. So everybody that you bring in from this point, it's not their vision. It's not theirs. They can try They can try to figure it out, or you could tell them, hey, I need this, this, this done. They're like, okay, cool, I got you. 
but it's still not their vision. So the better you can get and the more often you can share your vision with your team, the more they're going to take on that vision, take on that character, take on that responsibility to execute that vision. And in the beginning, I didn't do it. In the beginning, I would bring people in and I would get frustrated if they weren't, you know, committed like I was, if they weren't investing the same time and energy I was. So it became very, you know, it, it became hard to deal with. But then I realized, am I creating the right expectation for them? Do they even understand that I'm thinking five years, 10 years ahead, and they're thinking about this one training session? No, dude, I'm thinking about a legacy. So this training session is the most important thing you're doing right now. It goes into the bigger picture. But there, so if, if you're not doing a good job of sharing your big vision to your team, you're automatically setting yourself up for failure. And so now I try to, I try to get, I've gotten a lot better and I'm trying to get even better at making sure in our monthly meeting, in our team meeting, in our one-on-one -on -one conversations, I'm letting people know, this is the vision. This is what we're trying to create. This is what you're a part of. You're a part of this. You know what I mean? And, and the more they walk out going, yeah, okay, I get it now. They're going to take such a higher level of responsibility. They're going to treat your business like it's their business if you, can, if you can make sure they understand exactly what your vision is and what you're trying to accomplish. Okay, so just would you like, would you like to give some tips like how do you actually uh, give that vision to your team? Like, what, like how would you visualize, uh, help them visualize that vision? Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of times, uh, one of the best strategies is this, is, is walking them through day one till now. Because if your team can see where you came from, and like, if they, it's like this, if I join a team, like say, this is the length, and I join a team at this point, at the, the 10 year mark, the 15 year mark, that's cool. This is where you guys, are, this is where the team is today. But how much more valuable is it to be on that team if I know the history, right? So yeah. if, if I joined the Lakers today, that's cool. That's awesome. I'm on the Lakers. Great. I got drafted. But if I look at the Lakers and say, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if I tie it to all those championships and the history and the legacy and, and everything that the Lakers have accomplished, now I'm like – I'm a Laker. It's a reason LeBron just said, I want to retire as a Laker. It's not because of the last two years. He wants to retire as a Laker because he gets to put his name with Magic Johnson, Kareem, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. That's why he wants to be a Laker. So at the end of the day, if you can get your team to see, you know, I started training in the parks. I remember getting kicked out of the park because I didn't have a business idea. I remember opening the first facility. The second one, now the third one. Man, in the next three years, I hope to have two more locations. You know, you start painting those pictures and making them very clear. But in order for us to do that, we have to do this, this, and this. They start going, yeah. Now they take pride in being a part of that journey. Now when you open that next one, it's not your location. It's our location. And now we all have a whole different insight now because it's ours. Now we treat it like it's ours. Now when you walk through the building, now you pick up the little – piece of paper in the middle of the turf that everybody else walked over <laughs> you know those are that's what you want because that's what I do but it's mine but when I see my team do it now I know it's ours when you walk by it and you grab it and you 
take that little piece of paper and put it in your pocket because you don't want it on the floor. It's our business now. But I have to, but I have to take the time to develop that if I want that result. That's awesome how you created, you know, such uh, uh, such an awesome environment like that where everyone's caring about the, the business like it's their own. So yeah. congrats, man, for that. Um, there's another thing I want to talk about. You 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 mentioned, um, you said that um, in order to be successful, you must fall in love with the process. Mm. Yep. You yeah, that's, one, that's, one that? okay. that's one of my big ones, man. That's one of my big ones. All right. So the process, man. The process is, to me, I've learned, the process is the best part. Because, you know, we, we focus so much on the end goal, which I understand that. You know, everybody has a goal. Like, if, if I'm starting a business today and my, and my goal is to, whatever, reach a million dollars, cool. It's cool to think about that million dollars. But if you don't figure out and you don't appreciate and value the process of getting there, it's going to make that thing seem so far away, you know, and, and here's what I mean by the process. I use the word process because it's kind of a neutral word. It's not really a positive. It's not really a negative. And the reason it's that is because it's really both. The process is all the mistakes that you make. The process is when I look back over 16 years, some, some terrible mistakes that I've made in business, some mistakes that I've made in, in, you know, marketing. I mean, just, things that you look and you're like, man, that was, that was dumb. You look back at it, but it was a part of the process. It was some, it was some, some decisions, uh, some, some things that I've been through, like even when the economy crashed in, I don't know, 07, 08 or whatever year it was. I mean, that was a rough time because I had so many clients walking in going, Hey, I can't afford it anymore. Or parents going, Hey man, I just lost my job. I can't afford to pay for training. And it's like, Oh wow. At that time, a lot of businesses went out, went under. A lot of people went out of business. A lot of stores closed. I mean, foreclosure on houses. I mean, it was a crazy time. But when I came out of that, I learned a lot. I learned how to manage my money better because I'm like, well, we didn't see that coming. You never do. So I learned like, okay, yeah, I got to start managing this. I got to have that safety net. I got to have a savings for times like that. So I had to learn through what? Through that process. I couldn't avoid it. I couldn't have learned it any other way. It's easy when people say, man, you need to save money. And you're like, yeah, I know, I got you. But it's different when a recession hits and there's 50,000 foreclosures in your freaking city. Now, now it's real life. <laughs> now it's, do you have the money in the bank? Right now with what we're going on with the coronavirus, it's, it's, it reminds me of that because we're going through it again. But guess what? I'm in a way better position than I was in 2008 when it happened. So yes, I'm stressed out. And yes, I want my gym to open back up ASAP. Because obviously it's my, it's my business. But if it doesn't open for another month, I'm not going to lose anything. I'm not going to lose my house, my car. Nothing's going to change on a personal level because I've been smart. And I've made sure that I had money saved up just in case it happened again. But how did I learn that? The process. It's all about the process. It's the good, the bad, the ugly, the times you wanted to quit, the times you were excited, you got that big deal. And then you lost the deal. <laughs> It was all a part of the process. So I tell people, man, you got to fall in love with that. It, it's, like, it's like playing the longest game ever. Sometimes you're winning. Sometimes you're losing. Sometimes you're up 10 points. Then you're down 10. You're looking at the clock. How much time is left? Well, there's still time. So the game's not over. It's, it's the process. That's what makes the game so exciting. So if you don't fall in love with that part, man, it's going to be rough to run a business, man, because it, it's a roller coaster, man. And, and you got to 
you got to enjoy it, man. So, you know, I, I, even with us being shut down right now, I haven't went through any like depression, any like super low. I'm just been right in the middle. Everyone's like, how do you feel, man? The gym's closed. I'm like, it's fine. I get more time to read and do more stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing the books that I probably should have finished eight months ago. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, well, what can I, what can I get out of this time? I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to do some self-development. I'm going to keep working out. I got more time in my day. I'm not all rushing and scrambling over to all over town meetings and training. And so what? I'm going to take advantage of it. It's part of the process. It's all part of it. That makes so much sense. So, yeah, thanks for clarifying that, you know, and that story you mentioned about, like, being in the game and just, yeah. like, there's still time. So, you know, you yep. still keep working, right? Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, what happens is like we, we, we come across like something we're not familiar with. Like for example, uh, for example, sending emails, right? We're not, we're, we're not sure of how to like do email marketing and then yep. we just quit that part. Right. And then our business suffers. Uh, yep. But yeah, you just said that if you're, if you have time, just, it's just still be in the game. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And, and here's something I want to add real quick before we go to your next. Perfect is not real. Perfect is not real. So, so I, here's one thing I have to tell myself often. I won't say daily, but often. Get out of your own way. What I mean by that is this. You just mentioned like email marketing. There's things like that that I hate. When I say hate, hate. Hate it all. <laughs> but I understand that it's valuable. And I understand that if I'm not to the point where I can hire people to do everything, then I still have to do something. So what I mean by perfect is not real is this. Those areas that you do not like, just figure out ways to do them and don't over critique, don't over judge yourself and just start at whatever level you're at. Like for me, email campaign. It's that simple. So what I try to do is I don't overdo it, but I at least, at least two to three times a month, I try to send out something. I hate it. But instead of saying I'm not going to do it, I'm just going to do it to my level and make it fit to where I know it's, I hate sitting down. I hate taking the time to write it out and throw a picture in. I hate it all. <laughs> however, however, I know it's valuable. And then the last, the reason I say perfect is not real is because a lot of entrepreneurs, if we don't feel like it's up to standard, we just won't do it. But I think that that holds a lot of us back because at the end of the day, I mean, even the best people at their craft, if you go look at when they started something, the quality wasn't what you thought it would be because they had to keep growing and keep getting better. So right. instead of just throwing stuff out the window saying, I can't do that, or I don't know how to do that, or I don't like doing that, just start at your level and just get something done and allow it to grow. And then once you get to the point where you can hire people and delegate and do all that, then you have fun releasing it. But in the beginning, don't just throw it out, throw it all, you know, out the window and say, I don't do that because I don't like it. It's going to really hold you back from growing. And I had, that's why I tell myself, get out of your own way, Mike. Just do it. Get out of your way. Like you're stopping yourself from your next level of success if you don't do these simple things. Social media is one of them. I'm not the biggest fan, but I do it because I do want to give value. I do want to communicate with people. And I still get people, hey, man, you got to do more. You got to do that. I'm like, more? I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm giving you everything I got. <laughs> but I understand it because some people it's natural. For other people, it's a job. So for me, I keep it very simple. I'm like, here's my post for the day. Here's my couple story. Hopefully y'all love it. That's all I got for you right now. 
but but I also know business owners that are like, oh, I don't do that. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't do that? You have to do that. You have to. Get out of your own way. You have to do it. I don't care how you do it. It could be once a week. Once, it doesn't matter, but you have to do it. Don't just throw it out because you're not comfortable or you don't like doing it because it's going gonna, it's gonna to stunt your growth. Me and you wouldn't be on this, on this um, podcast right now if, if I wasn't doing it, right? This is how we connected. Right. Opportunity. Dude, opportunity. Yeah, so thank you for uh, mentioning what perfect means. Um, so I just have a couple of questions before we, we, uh, we finish. So uh, what are some of the softwares that you're using for your business? Like the, maybe the top three that comes to your mind uh, when you think of like running your business? What, what are some of the, the three softwares that come to your mind? Um, I mean, right now I still use MindBody um, for okay. all of our operation stuff. I still use that. I've yep. been looking at a couple of different options. Um, you know, just, I like MindBody. I've been using it for years, uh, but I, I'm looking for um, different options for more online integration. So I've been looking at a couple of different ones, just kind of, you know, gradually checking them out, seeing if I find something that's comparable, but then also has more features for online. Okay. Um, so I think that's been a big one. Um, from there, I mean, I still, I'm still old school. I use MailChimp, you know, for yeah. all my email stuff, email marketing, because uh, I think that's important. I mean, we got, I don't know, probably about 5,000 emails in there, which, you know, is not a huge number, not as big as it should be after the years that I've been in. So now our team is being more conscious of collecting emails and adding them to the database because I do understand the value in email marketing and, and kind of, you know, building that, that audience. Um, so we still use that a lot. And then from there, man, everything else is pretty much, um, uh, we do use Yelp from time to time, you know, okay. I use Yelp here and there just to kind of keep that basic flow, that basic search. Cause I know a lot of parents and people are on there looking for, uh, different services and then from there, it's just all our, you know, all my social media, just, you know, Instagram and uh, trying to spend a little more time on YouTube now, okay. um, you know, doing some YouTube uh, monetization, you know, kind of looking at building into that a little bit more. I've had my channel forever, um, but the last year or so, I've been kind of investing a little more energy and time and, and uh, you know, thumbnails and, you know, kind of getting more, more focused on building an audience versus just dropping a video here and there. So yeah. I think that, that's uh, one of the avenues I want to explore a little bit more and, and see if I can turn it into a real revenue stream over the next uh, six to nine months. Um, and then from there, just, you know, like I said, day to day, haven't got into the TikToks of the world yet. Uh, not, not doing a lot of dancing on camera. So, you know, I haven't, haven't crossed over yet, but we'll see. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Just keeping it real simple, real basic, and, and just trying to stay consistent is, is probably – the big thing I know in the past, one of my problems has been the busier I get, I start to neglect a lot of the stuff like we're doing now, you know, I'll get busy to where, you know, I'll get an invite to do a call and different things and I'll be so lost in my own little zone that I'll, you know, I'll create the image that I don't have time for it, you know, but in reality, what I've been working on in 2020 is making sure that I understand that these are all part of building and part of growth and part of expanding and building an audience and not and looking at these, even these conversations, this is business. We're conducting business. You know, we're, we're both reaching a different audience. We're doing, you know, we're growing in this moment. You know, so a lot of entrepreneurs, we get caught up in the day-to-day -day grind. And then we look at this as, oh man, I had to stop for an hour. I could have been doing what? What could you have been doing? What, paperwork? I mean, what do you, what, 
what could you have really been doing if you really think about the big picture to where now I'm going to get to meet your audience. You know, I'll share that and you'll meet my audience and you know, we're, we're growing. And, and if we're not careful, we can, we can look at this kind of stuff as, you know, it's a waste or I could have been doing this or I'm too busy for that. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs will ultimately in the next couple of years get left behind because they're not connecting with people like you and, and, and taking the time to do this kind of thing. And, I mean, I'm in my living room, dude. It's called good. Like, it's, it's going to be fine. <laughs> I didn't miss much. I mean, it's going to be lunchtime, right? When we get done, it's going to be fine. You know, but it's the mindset that I think we don't always have as entrepreneurs because we, we got to hustle. We got to grind, beast mode, all these crazy, and we feel like we can't stop. But I'll ask, and I asked the question the other day, are you busy or are you productive? And, and that's, a, that's one that you got to face because I think I spent too many years being busy and not enough years being productive. So now I'm trying to be productive. I want to be busy. I want to be productive. Busy is not fun. Busy means your anxiety by the end of the day and you crash at the end of the night and it's over. Productive means you at the end of the day you get home and go, cool, man, I got a lot of stuff done that moves the needle, that makes a difference in my business, and that's called productivity. Right, right. So, you know, thank you for connecting and thank you for being, uh, you know, productive for this podcast. Um, I wanted to also ask you, um, who are some, like, uh, I saw one of your Instagram posts that you went to the 10X Growth Con. Yeah. Yeah. So, guy, Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone, yeah. So I wanted to know, like, who are the people that actually you look up to? Is that a 10X flag behind you? Right there. Yeah, right there. Ah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I, I went there uh, two years ago. Um, when it was in um, Miami, I think. Miami, yep. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So um, I wanted to ask, like, who are some people that you look up to that are in business that you learn from uh, and then you try to bring that into your business? So who, who are the people that you look up to in business? Uh, my number one is, is going to be uh, Jay-Z. That's my number one guy. Um, you know, Sean Carter, I've been obviously following him since early on i want to say 96 97 ish um and and the reason being because when i was younger i kind of thought about it like this this is how i thought about it this might sound weird but it's just my brain i thought about it i said man i don't know anyone that has reached the level of success personally you know my my parents both hardworking, um you know but but we just never got to that financial point that I can look and be like, Hey dad, talk to me about stocks and bonds. And no, never. Um, you know, so I was like, man, I don't have anyone that I can connect with. Then when I would go on line and things like that and books, it was always people that didn't reflect me at all. I mean, it's always, you know, it's always a 45 year old white dude. <laughs> and I'm like, He's a billionaire. That's awesome. He doesn't look like me. It doesn't sound like nothing about it. So I couldn't really connect it. So for whatever reason, I watched, I read, a, I had a story. Or I heard the story of how Jay-Z early on was, you know, um, you know, basically no one wanted to sign him. So he started Rockefeller Records, uh, you know, and, you know, so I just, I just watched his entrepreneurial moves early on when it was just kind of small and kind of just getting started. And I just made it a point, like, Something about this dude, I think he's going to accomplish something crazy, and I think he'd be a good example. Came from the projects. I mean, wasn't overly well-spoken. He was, you know, do-rags and baggy jeans, and he's a rapper at the end of the day. So everything about it just seemed like he wouldn't 
be able to accomplish what he has. And I saw it early. Early, I'm like, he's different, dude. There's something about it. So when I would, and what I would do instead of, instead of just listening to the music, I would dissect the words. And so I treated the albums and the songs kind of like books. And so uh, early on, one of his early ones, uh, he had a verse that said, uh, you know, I smartened up, opened the market up. You know, and he was talking about uh, um, when he started his clothing line, you know, and he said, uh, um, you know, how, how put me on any, anywhere on God's green earth and I triple my net worth. You know, he was saying things like that. And I'm like, so I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, you know, and so I started digging into the layers of the content and I was getting a lot of business advice through it. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if he, one verse said, if someone would have told him that Hope would sell clothing, not in this lifetime, because I wasn't in my right mind. But that's another difference that's between me and them. I smartened up and opened the market up. And it was like, whoa, okay, I get it. You know, so I literally dove so deep in there that I was getting all my business stuff. So when it came to like, hey, I'm not going to wear a Nike. I'm going to go get phase one shirts, put my logo on them, and put my athletes in these shirts. Why am I going to wear the Nike shirt if I can make the phase one? You know, so I started thinking differently, and that carried me a long way. And then I started getting into the, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, that was the next chapter. And I I went into that whole, uh, you know, the cash flow quadrant and, you know, and started learning about money and self-employed and business owner. And, you know, so I started going down that road, you know, so, so I would say Jay-Z for sure is number one by far. Uh, And then since then, and then my recent guy, which we just talked about, my recent guy is Uncle G, you know, Grant Cardone, man, has really been pouring i mean I, I watch video right now i actually just opened my laptop before this and the video just started playing because i fell asleep watching it last night <laughs> you know so so he's been very, very and i just like him because he's just straightforward he's like this is it don't be an idiot do this <laughs> and and I, and I like that approach because you can see that he's passionate about it he really cares about what he's saying and he's educators he was he played a big role in um in me starting, I have another business that I started a year and a half ago uh, doing delivery for Amazon. So, so I started that a year and a half ago, and it's and it's doing great, great right now. He was probably the main force behind it because he his big thing was don't always look at it as how to save money, figure out how to make more money, and then how to take that cash flow, you know, passive cash flow, and then reinvest it into other projects. So, like. He started making me think differently. And I set out almost two years ago, like I want to start another business, but I want it to be not fitness related, not sports related, whole separate industry. And I managed to do that, man. And it's actually been probably one of the best business moves I've made in the last couple of years. You know, so th- those are my guys, man. Those I'll say those two for sure are reigning at the top. Okay, great. Thank you for also like uh, giving us, you know, some of the books that you've read. Uh, yeah. Last question. Uh, what do you, um, sorry, actually not the last question, last two questions. Like, what do you yeah. drive? Oh, I drive uh, a, a Camaro ZL1, 1LE. Yeah, uh, like, it, it looks like a Batmobile. No, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly why I got it, because it looks like a Batmobile, <laughs> literally, because I am Batman. That's what I got. <laughs> but, but no, literally, it's a, a ZL1, 1LE, so super limited edition. And I love it, man. I, I had a um, Mercedes before, 
uh, a CL 600 that I loved a lot, but I wanted to go American muscle. I was like, I just want an American muscle car. And yeah. so I did the Camaro and I love it, man. 650 horsepower. It's got the full, like you said, the full kit. And I mean, it literally looks like the Batmobile. Literally I'll, I'll come out of the store and people are taking pictures because it just, it just looks different, you know, and it's, it's just a Camaro, you know, it's not a Lambo yet. It will be, but it's not a Lambo yet. But I love it, man, because I've always been a car guy, man. That's just one of my things. Everyone around me knows if I do spend my money foolishly, it will typically be something that has to do with a car. <laughs> so, you know, watches I'm okay with. Everything else I'm, I'm fine. I don't really party too much, but I will make some pretty um, not smart choices when it comes to cars at times. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has their addiction, so, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you for, for that. Uh, last question. So um, where do you see yourself in the next five, ten years? Like uh, if you had to give advice to someone like who's actually an entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to make this question in two parts. First, like, where do you see yourself uh, in five to ten years? And what message would you like to give like other entrepreneurs, uh, whether it be young or who are already like entrepreneurs? What message would you like to give to them in terms of like inspiring them to continue uh, helping, uh, you know, their customers, their clients and continuing to grow their business. Yeah. 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 Um, actually for me, the next five years, man, I really, which I'm 41 right now. So, uh, that's pretty much is about my target, man. Wow. By 45. Yeah. By 45. Yeah. I'm, I'm up there, man. I'm up there. I'm old. I was just telling my kids the other day, I ran on the track with them on, uh, I think it was Wednesday. And right now my knee hurts like heck, <laughs> but, but, uh, but, so I think for me, next five years, man, I still want to be doing what I'm doing. I just want to do it at another level. Uh, and what I mean by that is hopefully, hopefully by then I have, you know, maybe one or two more locations. Uh, I want to be completely removed from the day-to-day -day part of it uh, in the sense of the structure. You know, I still want to be hands-on and involved because that's just who I am and I love what I do. But I want to have the team and everything intact to where I can just really oversee and manage and focus on business and, and relationships and community and, you know, all the stuff that, I, that I'm passionate about. You know, my goal is, because actually at that time, I'll be 20 years in. So my goal at that time is to only do what I want to do, meaning I want to, you know, communicate with my athletes. I love doing community outreach and doing camps and free, free clinics and things for kids and at-risk uh, youth and things like that. I want to just spend my energy on that kind of stuff. Uh, and then as a part of that, I really want to get into doing more of what we're doing right now. You know, by then I want to be able to, I want you to come out to the, the seminar, the event in Vegas that I'm hosting, you know, for a fitness, you know, uh, entrepreneur fitness conference or fitness summit or, you know, something along those lines where we bring in guest speakers and basically like Grant Cardone's 10X conference, but just fitness-based, because by that time, I want to take my 20 years and I just want to pour into people. You know, I want people to just, you know, come out to Vegas or wherever we're doing it and hang out and learn and have fun and, and just, you know, give back, you know, and just be that person, that voice. So kind of like you see uh, Grant Cardone doing right now, you know, those kind of things. Um, Bedros Killian is another one that I, that I follow. You know, just getting into that next level. I want to be on stage speaking more. Uh, I do it now, but, you know, limited because of my schedule. But I want that to be a, a part of the next chapter and just giving back. So I think that will be the next, you know, four or five years for me. 
um, and that's what I'm gearing it towards. And then uh, I'll transition to your to your final thought, which would be um, young entrepreneurs or, or you know entrepreneurs that are already going. I think the biggest thing is, you know, if you're just getting started, if you're just getting started, it's it's the passion and the purpose. I think, you know, if you if you have you know two things that are going to make you successful and give you the longevity, I think it's those two things. It's not the money. It's not, you know, just the concept. It's find something that you're passionate about. Find something that serves a purpose and smash them together. You know, and if you smash them together, that'll, that'll help get you the, the energy, the effort, the consistency. Because you know, like I know, if, if, it, if you're not passionate about it and it's not serving a purpose, if it doesn't mean enough to you, if things get rough, you're going to quit. Can't blame you. Cause you didn't care enough anyway. You're gonna quit, you know. Or, or when it comes to you know getting up and putting in that extra work, or you get off your regular job and now you got to sit at home and work on your business for five six hours. You're not gonna do it if you're not passionate about it and if it doesn't mean enough to you. So if you're already in business, make sure it's something that's passionate, that serves a purpose, that means a lot to you. And if you do that, you'll have the energy to keep going and ultimately. You'll, you'll make the money you need. You'll, you'll, you'll learn to fall in love with the process. You know, everything that we talked about the last, whatever, the last hour will just come together if you have those two things. So that would be my biggest advice, man. Passion, purpose, smash them together and, and, uh, and go be great. Thank you. Wow, man. Thank you uh, so much, uh, Michael. So yeah, for that invite you just gave me to Las Vegas, like uh, if you get your, cause I like Lambos. So if you get your Lambo, I'm definitely coming to Las Vegas. I'll be happy to come to your event. So he's, he's using me for my Lambo, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, like uh, talking to you was awesome. Thank you for giving so much value to our audience. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate everything that you said. No worries, man. I appreciate you reaching out, man. This has been great. And I mean, the good thing about it, when you when you take this kind of time, man, it, it it's good for everybody. You know, you add value to people. You help people, and then it, in turn, it just comes right back to you. You know, so I, I appreciate you for reaching out, man, and great questions. And, and uh, it's, it's been good, man. I'm looking forward to it. And and uh, make sure you connect me, man. I'll share it with everybody, and we'll have a little fun, man, and, and get it out, man, see how many people we can help. Great. Uh, well, that's it for the podcast. Thank you, Michael, for, for being such an awesome guest. So uh, one last thing before we go, we have a, a summit coming up uh, in a while. And we just wanted to know that if you guys are interested in joining or there's going to be a link at the bottom and you guys can just uh, click on that just to get more information about that summit. Um, and that's it. And yeah, we're looking forward uh, for our next uh, episode and talk to you guys soon. Bye. Love it.